Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry. Sorry. We're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No. Lucky Land Casino. With cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Welcome to Rams Up, your weekly L.A. Rams podcast, bi-weekly during the season. We are a proud member of the Pigskin Podcast Network. We'll cover other SoCal sports items of interest, but we're mostly about your Los Angeles Rams. I'm your host, Mark. Let's get to it. Welcome back, Ram fans. Our team is gearing up as we speak for that big showdown with the Cardinals on Monday night. See if they can put a little bit of heat on the Cardinals for that NFC West title. We have our preview of that game coming up. We also have our power rankings, a snapshot of the NFC playoffs as we speak, and our weekly game picks. First, let's get through some notes. From last week, the win over the Jags, Pro Football Focus grades some impressive numbers. Aaron Donald, a career-high 85.8. I think he's starting to get focused more than ever. Didn't like what happened the last three games, and he came out on a mission. Career-high pro football focus grade. Joseph Noteboom played 16 snaps. 92.2 rating. Pretty darn good. And Ernest Jones, has he arrived? He is really starting to flash, maybe starting to feel comfortable in his role, getting more snaps, and an 89.8 rating. A career high for him, a short career, but nonetheless, he's starting to step up, starting to feel a lot better about this draft pick, Ernest Jones, our inside linebacker. Rob Havenstein, a career high 88. Cooper Cup, 87.1. I have a hard time understanding how it's not higher, actually. I'd like to know what he did wrong. Kind of interesting. Maybe missed a block or two? You got me. I don't know. Looked pretty darn good to me. Maybe he wasn't getting open in the first half. Hard to say. Matthew Stafford in 80.3. Von Miller, 
78.3, Sony Michelle, 74.9. I wish I had Greg Gaines' number in front of me. I suspected it would be noteworthy. Apparently not. But check this out from ESPN NFL Next Gen Stats. Greg Gaines ranks fifth in pass rush win rate at defensive tackle and fourth in run stop win rate at defensive tackle this season. And get this, Aaron Donald's pass rush win rate at defensive tackle is more than double Gaines, despite Gaines ranking fifth in the category. Since week eight, Gaines has 17 pressures, which ranks 11th among interior defenders and is only three fewer than Aaron Donald. So I'm starting to think Greg Gaines is not getting the recognition he deserves. Snap counts. Ernest Jones, like I say, has he arrived? 56 snaps. Troy Reader had 36. Kendall Blanton, 10 snaps and getting targeted. Almost had that touchdown in the end zone. Van Jefferson, 53 snaps. OBJ, 36. And I think OBJ is going to see a lot of action in Arizona. Could be a breakout game for him. We can only hope. Leonard Floyd and Von Miller are both getting snaps off the edge, 48 and 47, respectively. Oko gets 16 snaps, and Jameer Jones, that waiver wire pickup, 7 snaps. Not a single snap for Terrell Lewis. So is he the odd man out? Kind of a shame. I thought he was playing well. If nothing else, we are extremely deep off the edge now. One thing I missed from Sunday's game, and I'm kicking myself for this, Bryson Hopkins, 14 snaps, and they weren't in garbage time. He was out there on the first and second series, mostly as a blocking tight end. I mean, I had been kind of talking smack about Bryson all year long because he's pulled the disappearing act. I don't know what's going on with him. Usually inactive. And all of a sudden, he's getting 14 snaps. He didn't have any against Green Bay. So maybe they're finally feeling comfortable with him. I mean, they can't run Tyler Higbee out there by himself as the only tight end all year long. It's good to see they're getting Hopkins and Blanton involved. Now, what I don't know is, did they just decide, hey, we got to get back to the 12 personnel sets. We got to run those more often. We're getting too predictable in the 11 personnel sets. So let's get these guys involved and run the 12 personnel sets. Or if they just felt these guys have been showing up in practice, proven that they can get it done. And for that reason, the Rams said, hey, time to run some 12 personnel sets. And and by the way, has anyone else noticed how little we've heard about Jordan Fuller this year? How rarely we hear his name called? Well, I think I might have found the reason why. Most coverage snaps without a TD allowed among safeties this year, Jordan Fuller, 457 snaps. Not too shabby. Entry update, Brian Allen, MCL sprain day-to-day. Robert Rochelle, sore ribs. McVeigh's kind of got a wait-and-see attitude on him. Probably just going to have to play through a little bit of pain, or at least practice through a little bit of pain and Hopefully be ready by Monday night. He's mostly a special teams guy at this point, but he's been playing well. We need him. And J.J. Koski cut the Cal Poly wide receiver. I suspect this is because of Brandon Powell's performance against the Jags. A really nice kick return. 
did not put the ball on the ground, kind of important, J.J. So Powell's in and Koski is out. I wanted to share that little interview snippet I saw. Quite hilarious. Lady reporter after the Ram-Jags game asked this question of Cooper Cup. On your touchdown, specifically, your defender went and blitzed. What did you see there? How were you able to use that to your advantage? And I went through the interview and I tried to capture every word as he said it, and this was Cooper Cup's response. Yeah, just a little three-deep fire zone, brought the nickel off the edge, safety dropped down. Uh, It didn't look like they were doing a replacement fire zone, so I knew at the back away we were going to get three pushing through. Uh, I had the opportunity to run in there. If I could beat my guy, I just had to beat the safety to the end zone. Gotta love it. Cooper Cup. The NFL's best receiver right now and perhaps the smartest. If you can find that snippet, someone forwarded it to me via Twitter. Really enjoyed it. And someone else forwarded it to me, the Detroit Lions locker room after that win. That was pretty special too. I've never given much thought to the Detroit Lions. Don't love them. Don't dislike them. They're just another team. But that locker room, Michael Brockers jumping in, giving a little speech, giving the game ball to coach and coach dedicating the win to those victims of the Oxford shooting. It was really cool stuff to see. Very moving, very heartfelt. For about 60 seconds there, I was a Detroit Lions fan. And did you see Seattle is giving a lot of credit to Tyler Lockett for that win over the Niners. Apparently he gave a Saturday night speech to his team, his 3-8 and eight Seattle Seahawks, reminding them why they play this game why he loves the game, and apparently it helped. That team showed up, pulled off the upset. You know, these NFC West games are never big upsets. People were treating this like it was so surprising. Yeah, I was a little surprised, just a little. Seattle, San Francisco, I don't care what the point spread is. It could very easily go either way. I don't care what year it is. And lastly, throw this out for you at the L.A. Bowl, Oregon State versus Utah State, December 18th. Now, if you haven't been to SoFi Stadium because you like to watch the Rams in your man cave, you don't like to deal with expensive tickets, traffic, and parking, this might be a great game to go to. I don't think it's what Jimmy Kimmel in the L.A. Bowl was hoping for. They had to be pulling for San Diego State, right, versus someone, maybe UCLA, Cal, Stanford, but hey, Oregon State, Utah State, they both earned it, but I don't know if this is going to be a big draw. Be a fun game to go to. Give it some thought. I might end up there myself. We'll be back in a minute for our game preview of the 10-2 Arizona Cardinals versus the 8-4 LA Rams Monday Night Football Clash in Arizona. Football fans, I'm sure we all love action-packed, high-scoring NFL games. But with the latest no-brainer from DraftKings Sportsbook, you'll be a winner once a single point is scored. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code TPPN. Bet $1 on any team to score, 
and win $100 in free bets. If they score, you score with promo code TPPN. This week at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Minimum $5 deposit and $1 wager required. One per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for details. Gambling problems? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Time has arrived. Finally, the Rams get their rematch with the Arizona Cardinals. Monday night football in Arizona. The 10-2 cards versus the 8-4 Rams. The Rams' last chance to make a run at a divisional title. They would need to win this game almost certainly to have any chance of winning a division and claiming a potential home game in the playoffs. Rams still lead the series 44-39 to with two ties. The Cardinals win in Week 4, broke an eight-game winning streak by the Rams in this series. We went over some historical stuff in our previous game preview before the Week 4 game. Mentioned the one memorable game I had in this series, the Rams 35, the Cards 23, in the 1975 playoffs, Ron Jaworski versus Jim Hart. Not going to spend any more time on that. Weather will not be an issue at this game in Arizona. And as I said, last meeting between these two teams, week four, October 3rd in Los Angeles, Cardinals 37, Rams 20. How did that game go? Let's take a quick look back at it. In my opinion, the Rams just came out flat. The defense had their moments, but looked sloppy in a lot of assignments, really poor tackling, poor angles all day long. Defense did not look good. Likewise, Stafford and his receivers were not clicking. There was a drop by Cooper Cup, some missed throws by Stafford, and there was a TD pass that Tyler Higby should have had. What were my fearsome four big plays in that game? Well, number one was that fumble by Sony Michelle. We'll talk about that in a minute. There was a long pass to Deshaun Jackson that was underthrown by Stafford. There was a third and 16 run by Kyler Murray all the way down to the Rams 27-yard line. That was a backbreaker. And for first and big play number four, I had a combination. The fact that they made a 55-yard field goal and we missed a 46-yarder. This was a game where the Rams kind of panicked, I think, and they abandoned the run game. Daryl Henderson was having a very good day, actually, but Rams gave it up. Tried to get back into this game quickly on a couple of possessions, and it did not work. Kept on getting behind the chains, and the result was a 37-20 to loss. I'm going to real quickly recount this game, because some of you may not remember some of the details. The Rams' opening drive resulted in a field goal. They took a 3-0 lead. Arizona had a 3-and-out. The Rams throw a deep pass. Stafford is intercepted at the Arizona 13 so Rams still leading 3 to nothing, and Arizona has the ball back. They score on a long TD pass to A.J. Green to make it 7-3 cars, but the Rams went up 
on a TD pass to Van Jefferson. Max Williams answers with a TD pass, Cardinals up 14-10. And clearly, the singular most important play of the game, the ensuing possession, first play, Sony Michelle fumbles. Arizona gets the ball at the Rams 26. They quickly cash in to take a 21-10 lead. Now, if Sony Michelle doesn't fumble there, who knows how this game might have turned out. It certainly would have been a closer final score. Cards cash in to take a 21-10 lead. Teams exchange punts. Both teams add field goals before the half, so at halftime it's 24-13 Cardinals. Cardinals open up with a 55-yard field goal early in the second half to take a 27-13 lead. The Rams miss the 46-yarder. Now, if that goes the other way, it's 24-16, right? But it didn't. Man, teams seem to hit a lot of long field goals against us. After the missed 46-yarder, Cardinals have pretty good field position. They drive down and score again, 34-13. The Rams then drive the field, get all the way down to the Cardinal one. Stafford appeared to score on third down, but he was marked down at the one. The Rams did not challenge. They should have. And on the next play, they turned it over on downs. That was an incompletion to Tyler Higby. Cardinals added a field goal. Rams added a late touchdown to Robert Woods. So you look at this game and you think Cardinal domination. I actually read an article that said the Cardinals dominated every quarter. This game actually could have gone either way with a few breaks going the Rams' way. Don't get me wrong, Cardinals deserve the win. They outplayed the Rams, but I think it'll be a different story this time. Some team stats in that game. The Rams were minus two in takeaways. Chase Edmonds ended up with 120 yards and had a big 54-yard run late in the game. Three Cardinal receivers, A.J. Green, DeAndre Hopkins, and the tight end Max Williams, had 67, 67, and 66 yards receiving respectively. And by the way, since this last meeting... The Cardinals have added a new tight end, Zach Ertz, something the Rams will have to contend with. And Henderson, as I mentioned, had a very productive day, ended up with 89 yards rushing. That was the game also that Kenny Young had a bad day, had some bad angles on a couple plays, especially that long 54-yard run by Chase Edmonds. David Long was really picked on in that game, and he's basically been replaced by Dante Dion at this point. But this was a total team loss. Lots of blame to be passed around. Hopefully the Rams will clean it up for this effort and come away with a win. What have they done since then, since that victory over the Rams? Well, they beat the Niners, Browns, and Texans. They lost a heartbreaker at home to the Packers. Came back and beat the Niners, lost to the Panthers, and now have two straight wins over the Seahawks and Bears. Worth noting, both of the Cardinals' losses came at home. They're 7-0 on the road, 3-2 at home. They've scored 30-plus points in all but three games. Colt McCoy stepped in after Kyler Murray injured his ankle, led them to a 2-1 record while Murray was out, played very well. Murray's back now, of course. James Conner has emerged as their primary running back since then. In the Rams game, he was 18 for 50 with two TDs, but Chase Edmonds did more damage in that game against the Rams. Edmonds has been out, actually, but he is expected back for the Rams game. 
The Cardinals have also gotten Rondell Moore, the rookie, more involved in the running and passing game, so he's another weapon the Rams will have to deal with. We all know about their key players, Kyler Murray and DeAndre Hopkins, A.J. Green, the free agent pickup, James Conner, as I said, stepping up in the running game, and on the defensive side, Butta Baker, Chandler Jones, key guys, J.J. Watt, of course, is out for the year. This year so far, 10-2. and two. Last week, they beat the Bears 33-22. to Game was played in a cold drizzle. Murray threw for two touchdowns, ran for two more. Bears had some success against the Cardinals defense on the ground last week. They really got to the line quickly, got the ball snapped quickly, and it was very effective. David Montgomery finished with 90 yards rushing. Andy Dalton threw four interceptions in that game. Cardinals are beatable. Just don't give them extra possessions. Cardinals are giving up 113 yards per game on the ground, only 205 through the air. So maybe it's Sony Michelle time. Maybe he can redeem himself for that fumble in the first matchup. Very costly turnover. Really put the Rams behind the eight ball in that game. Now my fearsome four keys to the game for that first matchup. I'll Share them with you again here. Not sure if they're going to change. Let's see. Here's some key number one. Pocket containment. Don't let Murray do too much damage out of the pocket. The Rams failed at that in the first game. He had one run that really hurt them. And I think having Von Miller on this team may help in that regard. Leonard Floyd, Aaron Donald, and Von Miller closing the pocket on him. They just have to be disciplined in doing so. That remains a key to this game. Pocket containment. Fearsome key number two was containing Chandler Jones and J.J. Watt. Well, J.J. Watt is gone out for the year. I don't think this is as big a deal. I mean, obviously, you want to protect Matthew Stafford, but I think a bigger key is just to continue being efficient in the passing game like they were in the second half against the Jags. They don't have to throw for 300, 350 yards. They just have to be efficient, more accurate passing by Stafford, no drops on offense, keep the pocket reasonably clean. Fearsome key number three in that game was don't let Ramsey freelance too much. Let's just take away DeAndre Hopkins. We know Ramsey can do that. In the first game, that didn't turn out to be such a big deal. It really wasn't. But this game, you know, the Rams aren't going to do it. They're not going to put Ramsey on Hopkins. I wish they would. I would say a key to this game is putting the clamps on DeAndre Hopkins. But I'm going to tell you right now, the Rams are not going to focus on that with Jalen Ramsey. So we'll see how that goes. And fearsome key number four was get the ground game going. And I'm sticking with that one. I'm hoping that they turn to Sony Michelle more. In this game, he looked really good against the Jags, and that's what we need to do. We need to play the Cardinals the way the 49ers played us. Yeah, I don't mind throwing the ball around a little bit, but let's not give up on the running game. Let's see if we can get four and five yard chunks on first down with Sony to make it easier on Stafford and our receivers. This Cardinal pass defense is very good. That's probably what they want us to do to take shots downfield. We need to get the running game going first, though. We need to establish that. 
old school football, pound the rock a little bit, and that'll open things up for OBJ, Cooper Cup, Tyler Higby, Van Jefferson, and even Ben Skaronic. Notice how I said his name correctly that time. Pound the rock first, pass second. So what's my prediction? I'm going to go with Rams 27, Cardinals 24. It's going to be a nail-biting fourth quarter, but the Rams find a way to come away with a win. Defense gets it done on the Cardinals' last possession. Sonny Michel has a productive game, gets in the end zone at least once. Rams' passing game is effective when we need them to be just enough, just efficient enough to get it done. They get the win and get within one game of the Cardinals in the race for the NFC West Divisional title. Basically lock up a wild card spot at worst with a win at Arizona. How about I give you my Elite 8 plus 2 for this week? You know, after the top 10, it gets so messy. Actually, after the top 8, really difficult. But I'm going to give you the the 10 that matter at this point. My number one team is still the Arizona Cardinals, at least for one more week. Don't expect them to stay there after their loss to the Rams on Monday night. But hey, they've earned it. Beat the Bears in some tough conditions. Picked off Andy Dalton four times. They're on a roll. Can't deny that. They're my number one team. Number two team, the Packers. They were on a bye. Man, that defense is just going to get better when they get some guys back from injury. Scary team. Number three, another NFC team, the Tampa Bay Bucks. You know, as long as they have Tom Brady, they're going to be a force to be reckoned with, especially in the playoffs. Good chance the Rams will be playing in Tampa Bay in that wild card round. Keep an eye on the Bucks. And number four, my number one team in the AFC, and it pains me to say this, the winners of seven straight, the New England Patriots. Man, Coach Bill just knows what he's doing. You know, he's going to outcoach anybody. I don't think they're going to remain the number one team in the AFC. They may be the number one seed, perhaps. Uh, Who knows? I don't think they're going to end up being the best team in the AFC. I don't think they're going to the Super Bowl. But right now, they deserve the number four spot. Another team on the roll, on the comeback trail, number five, the Kansas City Chiefs. Winning a little differently than they used to. Playing a little defense. Offense has not been as explosive as years past. But that still could be coming. Number six, the L.A. Rams. Got a tough contest at Arizona. I think they're going to show well. I think they got one of the strongest rosters in the league. They just need to put it together. Number seven, another SoCal team, the L.A. Chargers. Man, they're up and down, but man, do they have a cast of offensive players. Really tough to deal with for any defense. If Staley can get that Defense rolling just a little bit. Could see the Chargers make a deep playoff run. Number eight, the Dallas Cowboys. Now, they may not have quite earned this yet, but 
hey, they're getting healthy. C.D. Lamb came back last week. When they are healthy, they are one of the best teams in the NFL. And some of these teams below them have really struggled. So that's my Elite Eight. Plus two, I'm going to go with the Buffalo Bills and the Indianapolis Colts. Two teams that could be headed in opposite directions, but there's time for the Bills to get it turned around. They got a rematch with the Patriots left. But right now, those are my 9 and 10 teams in no particular order. Yes, I left out the Niners losing at Seattle in a critical game. And the Titans, by now you all know how I feel about the Titans. They have one way to win, and if it's not working, they're dead. I also left out the Baltimore Ravens. Injury-riddled secondary. I'm not sure they're going to have what it takes to make a playoff run. I also left out two teams on the rise, the Miami Dolphins and the Washington football team. Don't count either of them out quite yet. We'll be wrapping this episode up with our playoff update, but first, our Rams up straight-up game picks. Week 14 kicks off Thursday night. Steelers at Vikings. Vikings, got to be reeling a little bit, losing to the Lions in a game that they really need it in their playoff push, the most cursed team of the year. Well, at least Viking fans have had plenty of entertaining games, just too many of them not ending the way they like. I think they bounce back here, though. They're a much better team than the Steelers. Steelers are still on the hunt. Both teams, really. Vikings lose, and they're really in trouble. They're going to be desperate. I think they win at home against the Steelers. Niners and Bengals. These teams have faced each other in two Super Bowls. You know, Bengals still have a shot. They have to go on a roll here, though. Niners come in after that devastating loss at Seattle. I think the Bengals pull it off, though. The Niners are just one of those weird teams. They have a great roster, and sometimes they look so unbeatable. And then they throw turds, and they play down to the level of their opposition. I think the Bengals find a way to win here. Ravens at Browns. Ravens, another team, just devastated with injuries at this point. I think the Browns at home, coming off a bye, get the win. Raiders at Chiefs. Two teams going in opposite directions. Chiefs take this one at home. Jaguars at Titans. Last week, the Rams had a get-well game against the Jags. This time, it's the Titans' turn. They'll get a win here. Jags could make it close, though. It could be a slugfest. If the Jags can turn it into a real slugfest, it could come down to a last possession. Falcons at Panthers. Panthers, another team that spin in their wheels. They were one of my sleeper teams. I thought Sam Darnold was going to be the guy. How long ago was that? I think the Falcons find a way to win here on the road. Cowboys at the Washington football team. I think the Cowboys are going to sweep them. They got two games left. Cowboys win this one in Washington. Saints at Jets. I'm going to take the Saints. They have a lot of issues on offense, but their defense is still pretty darn good. However, this is one of my bets. I'm taking the Jets plus five over the Saints. Seahawks at Texans. I'll take the Seahawks. Regardless of the record, as they showed last week, they're going to bring it. They'll beat the Texans on the road. Giants at Chargers. I'm going to roll with the Chargers. I think the Chargers are going to start peaking for the playoffs. They still have issues on defense, but their offense right now, clicking on all cylinders. 
but I am going to take the Giants plus 10.5. That's the second of my three bets this week. And Lions at Broncos. Weather's going to be okay in Denver for this time of year in the 50s, but the Broncos defense, I think they're just going to smother the Lions. Lions are riding high, but can they carry that into another week against a really good defense? I'd be surprised. I'll take the Broncos. Bills at Bucks. You know, I'm taking the Bucks, but you know, the Bills are going to be really desperate. This is going to be a close game. The Bills were my Super Bowl pick in the AFC, remember? But man, it's slipping away fast. They're scratching and clawing just to get into the playoffs. That's why I think it'll be a really close game. I'm still going to take the Bucks, but I'm taking the Bills plus three as my third bet. And Bears at Packers. Packers will roll to an easy win there. And to get you caught up on how I have done recently, eight and six last week straight up. Not the greatest, but I'm still hanging with the big boys. Still have a chance at catching Pete Prisco and Mike Florio. They're not that far ahead of me. I did not make any wagers last week. My oversight, I'm going with three this week, though. Three underdogs. I'm a sucker for the underdogs. Jets plus five over Saints. Giants plus ten and a half over Chargers. Bills plus three over the Bucks. So let's talk about the playoff picture for a moment. The first angle I want to take a look at is what if the Rams beat, oh, I'm sorry, when the Rams beat the Cardinals Monday, what will the Rams situation be? Well, the Cardinals would be 10-3 and and the Rams would be 9-4. and Rams still one game behind the Cardinals, but the Cardinals no longer hold the head-to-head advantage. But the problem is Arizona is 4 and 0 in the division. The Rams are 1 and 2. So if the Rams beat the sorry, when the Rams beat the Cardinals, they will improve to 2 and 2 in the division and the Cardinals would fall to 4 and 1. That would mean the Rams would need to beat both Seattle and San Francisco and Arizona would have to lose to Seattle assuming they end up in a tie. So it's more than just winning the games necessary to get into a tie with the Cardinals. you got to win the right games. That would just push it to the next level of tiebreakers, and I'm not going to get into it. What I'm going to say is, it's a really tough road for the Rams to win this division, even if they beat Arizona. It can happen. Don't count on it, though. Even if the Rams don't win the division, it would be critical for them to have a two-game lead over the next wildcard team. That would allow them to go into Week 18, resting players, getting ready for the wildcard game, although that could also mean allowing a team like the 49ers a free pass into the playoffs. What if the impossible happens and the Rams lose to the Cardinals? Rams fall to Eight and five. Who do they have to worry about? Well, Washington is six and six. They have the Cowboys, Eagles, Cowboys, Eagles, and Giants left. And, and yeah, that sounds odd, but it's true. From here on out, Washington, Dallas, Philadelphia, and the New York Giants all play each other 
That's all they have left on their schedule is interdivisional games. So what does that mean? That means that they're going to cannibalize each other. It's going to be really difficult for Washington and Philadelphia to threaten the Rams as far as a wild card slot. I see the Washington football team finishing 9-8. and eight, And I see the Eagles at 6-7 and seven with a bye left. And, you know, I think they're going to finish 8-9. and nine. They got Washington twice, the Giants, and the Cowboys. I think they're going to lose two more games and finish up 8-9. and nine. What about the Vikings? Do they have a shot? 5-7. and seven, They have the Steelers, Bears, Rams, Packers, and Bears. So even if they can sweep the Bears to get to 7-7, seven and seven, that leaves them the Steelers, Rams, and Packers. Can we expect them to win two of those games? Best case scenario, right, is 9-8 and eight for the Vikings. They're not going to sweep those games. They may sweep the Bears, but not the Steelers, Rams, and Packers. And I will say this about the Vikings. Man, it almost seems like they could be undefeated. So many heartbreaking losses, but wait till next year. The Panthers at 5-7. and seven, They have the Bucks twice. And the Falcons, Bills, and Saints. It's not happening for the Panthers. I think they'll finish 8-9. and nine. The Falcons, 5-7. and seven, Do they have a shot? I don't think so. They got the Panthers, Niners, Lions, Bills, and Saints left. Going to be a couple losses there for sure. Probably three. I see them finishing 7-10. and 10. And that leaves the Saints 5-7. and seven With the Jets, Bucks, Dolphins, Panthers, and Falcons. They're the one team that seems like the schedule is setting up for a possible run. The problem is the Saints just aren't very good right now. So I see them... Maybe going three and two and getting to eight and nine and the Niners six and six. I think the Niners can get to nine wins. They got the Bengals, Falcons, Titans, Texans, and Rams. Can they win three of those games? Possibly even four? I think so. So I think the Niners are going to be a playoff team. I think, I think of all these teams, they're the team that's most likely going to get to 10 wins. And that's why that loss to Seattle, man, that really hurts them. If they had won that game, They'd actually be sitting very pretty. So how do I see the playoffs stacking up? I think Arizona's going to earn that bye. They could get bumped by Green Bay, though. I think that first round is going to be the Niners at Green Bay, Washington football team at Tampa Bay, Rams at Dallas. That's my predictions right now. I feel pretty confident with the Rams at Dallas prediction. The other two games could very easily get flipped. You could see... Washington traveling to Green Bay and the Niners traveling to Tampa Bay. Yes, I am hedging my bets on that one. We'll revisit this maybe even next week because it seems like every week there is a surprise. That's going to do it for this episode. Remember, you can reach out to us at ramsuppodcast at gmail.com. You can visit our website at laramsup.com. And please don't forget, subscribe and give us that five-star rating. We really appreciate it. And don't forget, keep the horns up, stay safe, and have fun out there. Music courtesy of bensound.com and the YouTube royalty-free music audio library, Crimson Fly by Hama Hama.